Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. Turn your Bibles with me to the book of Proverbs chapter 3. I'm going to be looking at verses 5 and verse 6. Notice with me the book of Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and verse 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Looking at verse 5, the latter part of verse 5. And lean not on your own understanding. Based on what I've just read to you, I want to talk to you for a few minutes on this topic. Trusting the Lord wholeheartedly is working for our good. Trusting the Lord wholeheartedly is working for our good. Understanding can be defined as the ability to become aware and to comprehend matters and people at a deeper level. It is the ability to grasp a concept. It is one's personal interpretation. It is knowledge about a subject matter and is how something works. When we're talking about understanding, uh, one of the things I want you to understand, this is a personal interpretation of what that is. Your understanding is what you believe about certain subjects and certain matters. When we have a good understanding, I believe that we're able to grasp information in a clear and concise manner. Every human has some type of understanding based on their life experiences, what they've comprehended in through their trials and tribulations, their educational background, uh, the challenge in their life, whether good or challenging. Understanding is based on, in my opinion, on what a person chooses to believe. Let me say that to you again. Understanding to me is based on what a person chooses to believe. Go with me to the book of Matthew chapter 9 and verse 29. The book of Matthew, chapter 9 and verse 29. Again, what a person chooses to believe. Just because you know something, don't believe, you're going to actually put it into practice. But notice what Jesus said to this man who was uh, challenging his body. Then he touched their eye, saying, according to your faith, let it be to you. According to your faith. Let it be to you. Jesus told the man that according to his faith, be it to you, because he understood that this man had understanding that Jesus is a healer. And he believed it. And when he believed it, he received his sight. And see, I I believe that as we understand Jesus as a healer, as a deliverer, as a way maker, as a strength, as a guide, and so forth, he will manifest what we believe as we put our trust in him. And as we hear and learn and, and apply more of his attributes, we can believe God for even more traits to manifest themselves because he is an unlimited God with unlimited resources and has unlimited power. So, for example, if you believe that he's a God with unlimited resources, unlimited power, then that's your understanding of God. And see, the problem some people have is they just don't understand God. They, they think they know God, and you really don't know everything about God. But one thing about it, you can't put God in a box. 
and think that God's going to do things a certain way at a certain time because he's God. He has the big picture in mind. He knows everything. And so, therefore, he knows our end from our beginning. He understands us better than we understand ourselves. And we believe that. We put our trust in him. We say, God, I know you got my best interests at heart. I know I'm going through a rough trial right now, but I know I'm going to come out as pure gold. I know that this is a rough situation I'm dealing with, but in the end, we should be an overcomer in Jesus' mighty name. Our understanding of things may be different when it comes to different scriptures, raising children, money matters, and so forth. That That's why we need the Holy Spirit to lead us into godly understanding. See, we need to be on one page with the Holy Spirit. We need to be on one page with the omniscient God, the all-knowing God. And that's what God does through the Holy Spirit. He leads and guides us and teaches us so in turn we can be on one page with raising our children, money matters, and uh, what the scriptures mean and so forth. We need the Holy Spirit in order to do that. Even our knowledge about people and situations tend to increase with God which gives us more ways to establish relationships when we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us. I believe the same is true about Jesus. As our understanding increases when it comes to his word and his ways, we're better able to rely on him wholeheartedly, who is an all-knowing God, God, which will give us insight as well as understanding. The Lord bless us with the ability to gain insight and understanding. And, and, and let me say this thing. When you have the ability to gain insight and understanding, you got to be careful which insight and understanding you obtain. Because you can get the wrong insight, you can get the wrong understanding. And then, but God doesn't force you to take it. He doesn't force you because we're free more agents and we can use the information he gives us as we choose fit. We can use it. Therefore, but this is what I need for us to understand. We choose to love Jesus. It's a choice we make. Listen, we we dealt with a lot of different things being on this earth for the years we've been here. But the, the bottom line is we choose to love Jesus. We don't blame Jesus for things that are going on in the world. We understand that we're free moral ages and people can do what they want to do. But when it comes down to it, we just choose to love Jesus. And I, I've been going through and I've seen this, that, and the other. But when it came down to it, I came to the understanding that I choose to love Jesus. How many choose to love Jesus in the sanctuary? I mean, you know, you don't understand everything about him, but you just choose to love him. You choose to love him. Go with me, if you don't mind, go with me to the book of Mark chapter 12 and verse 30. The book of Mark chapter 12 and verse 30. I want you to notice what it says here in Mark 12 and 30. And you should love the Lord Love, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Notice this is the decision that you make. To love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind, and all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like unto it. If you read the next verse, it's, it's very uh, powerful within itself. And the second is like is Like it. Excuse me. It's, and the second like it. Is this, you should love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than 
these. See, when you learn how to love God, he teaches how to be empathetic with others. Empathetic is the ability to sense other people's emotions, others' perspective when it comes to our feelings, our emotions, and our behaviors. While we want others to share their feelings and emotions, at times they may not have the words to express how they feel. And other times they may choose not to express their feelings. However, a mature heart, a mature mind will help us better to relate and minister to them, whether it's a family member, a friend, or even a stranger. I'm going to ask you a question this morning, and I'm not looking for a response, but I want you to think about it for a moment. Who are you sharing Jesus' love with? Who are you sharing Jesus' love with? Are you so busy just being consumed in your own life that you do not share the love of Jesus with others? Because somebody needs the love of Jesus that was given to you to share with somebody else. Because he's getting, he said, you loving me with everything you got, but I need for you to share that love with others. Seconds like unto it, I should love your neighbor as yourself. Empathy helps us, and, and when it helps us, it helps us when we're placed in situations where we need to love others. It also brings about favor and advantages that we may not have experienced in times past. Go, go with me, if you don't mind, to the book of Luke chapter 2 and verse 52. The book of Luke chapter 2 and verse 52. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. So we need to, he increased in wisdom and maturity and it brought favor in his life and he, and he loved, he learned how to, he loved people. Jesus loves people and he's teaching us how to love one another. That's why husbands need to understand their wives and wives need to seek to understand their husbands and members need to understand each other and parents need to understand their children and not just assume your children are going to be a certain way because of certain traits. And children need to understand their parents and not go by social media in order to understand their parents. That we need to have a spiritual understanding of the people that we relate to. Members need to understand their pastor and leadership and pastor and leadership need to be intentional to get to get to know their members. See, to get to know somebody, you got to be intentional about it. You just can't assume that somebody going to walk up to you and just tell you certain things. You got to show yourself friendly, as the Bible says, and we got to learn how to love one another. Love, love, love. Not just talk about it, but to love one another. And when we do that, relationships are built when we can establish common bonds or common understanding. Go with me to the book of First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 12. The book of First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 12. It reads as follows. And we urge you, brother, to recognize, to know, to understand, to be aware of those who labor, who work, who toil to the point of exhaustion among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. And we urge you, brother, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord. See, Paul stated 
the oral person to get understand and be aware of those who invest, labor, and work for you to the point that they get exhausted trying to get things to you spiritually as well as naturally. Then he goes on to say in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 13, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. That that word love again. Be at peace among yourselves. Esteem means to have rule or to thank them very highly in love. For what? Their work's sake. And be at peace. Live in harmony. Live in prosperity among yourselves. Paul is letting us know that we can gain insight and can discern the actions of those who are truly investing in our lives spiritually and naturally. And we should allow them to positively influence us. And we should have a thankful heart for their labor and expect to live in peace and prosperity when we understand that concept. So what are we, what are ways we can gain understanding of others and most importantly of Jesus? And let me say this to you. You need to get to know Jesus first and then get to know others second. Because when you get to know Jesus, it helps you to understand others. The first one is to pay attention to them and Jesus. You pay attention to Jesus, you concentrate on him, and you focus in on Jesus. You you pay attention to Jesus, and then Jesus will teach you how to pay attention to others. And this is what I had to think about when I was studying this. You know what I had to learn? We got to learn that we're going to pay attention for the right reasons and not try to be nosy. Thank y'all for two and a half amens right now. You got to learn how when you pay attention, it's not for you to be nosy, but it's for you to do it in a manner that is godly. A godly way of paying attention to people. The second thing is to observe them. First of all, you need to observe Jesus, watch Jesus, note Jesus, discern Jesus, look at how he treated people and how he treated others. And then you observe others with your eyes and with your ears. Notice how what, what Jesus did, and then you look at how Jesus treated others, and then we observe others and what they do. And that brings up our understanding because some things are not what they look like. Don't go by what people look like on the outside thinking you know somebody. Lord, that's, that should be enough to get five amens right now. Don't never go by what somebody looked like and thinking you know of somebody. But observe them. Notice what they like and what they don't like. Notice what Jesus is speaking into their lives and so forth. And notice them. Notice, you know what? Notice means to take heed to warnings and changes and discern their actions and his action. Notice Jesus' actions toward others and as well as himself. And, and, and take heed to the warnings and changes that comes up. And some people you just got to be careful about. I'll be honest with you. When you notice them, don't listen. We talked about this earlier, but let me say this to you. Learn how to trust Jesus the way Jesus tells you to. Learn how to trust people the way Jesus tells you to trust them. Let me say it to you. Learn how to trust People the way Jesus tells you. And don't be trying to give too much information out too quickly. Mm. Lord, that's a good point right there. Because sometimes we give out too much information to people that God never told us to give it to. And then we get frustrated and mad and, and angry. And then you're like, well, God, they shouldn't have told so-and-so what I told them not to tell so-and-so. Well, did I tell you to tell so-and-so what I told that that? And then, you know, anyway, Lord, he, y'all follow me so far. The fourth one is to experience, 
experience things with others and Jesus. Experience, undergo, encounter, be involved. And so when I, when I'm dealing with people, four things to help me to understand them. I got to pay attention to them. I got to observe them. I got to notice them and I got to experience them. And then the thing that I, I, I need to make sure my motives is right when I do these things. I got to make sure my motives are right. I'm not here to condemn them, but if God shows me something, I'm going to pray for them. I didn't get no amens right there. That was a good part to say amen right there. If God showed you something about somebody, pray for them. Don't talk about them on the phone. Don't spread their, their, uh, that, what they're going through on social media, but pray for them. Pray for them. Give them a word. Text them a scripture. Not your opinion don't matter. What does God say about the situation? And what, how can you help them the way God tells you to help them? To believe, notice, to believe that the Lord deemed understanding is important to us as members of his creation, especially to us as his believers, is very important. Go, if you don't mind, go with me to Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 7. The book of Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 7. We're going to look at Proverbs 4 and 7 and then go back to Jeremiah 3 and 15. We're trying to tie them together as we look at memory, understanding. We want the right understanding. Not leaning to our own understanding. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 7 says this. Wisdom is the principal thing. Wisdom. Being skilled and shrewd is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom and in all you're getting, get understanding. Get discernment. Get knowledge with meaning. Notice what he says. In all you're getting, get understanding. Whatever you do, get understanding. Get understanding. Get understanding. Understanding will help you in your walk with Christ. Solomon lets us know that one of the most important things is wisdom first and to make sure we get discernment, knowledge, and meaning rather than just surface information. And let me say this to you, and I'm digress just for a moment. One of the most important things you need to understand is how Jesus is operating in your life. You need to know what the Holy Spirit is saying to you and how he's ministering to you. You need to understand what the Holy Spirit is saying. And, and one understanding you need to get is when Holy Spirit begins to speak to you, you need to know the voice of God in your life. You need to know it and you need to take heed to it as well. Now, our understanding that we currently have is really based on our years here on the earth. And God wants us uh, not listen, it's based on our years here on earth. Where, however old you are, that's how many years of understanding you have. Now, you need to understand that what God wants to do is to help your understanding going from your experiences, from your education, and from your whatever you've been going through in life to be more based on him. Listen, I know you've been dealing with stuff, but God says, I want your understanding to be based on me. Based on me and not based on my own understanding. It don't need to be based on my life experiences because God can mess up your life experiences. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, he can, he can change your life experiences and he can drop one blessing in your life and just mess your whole life up. 
You're like, what, God, why you do that to me? But you're grateful for it, but you understand that he just changed your perspective. He can give you one idea, one concept, one vision, one purpose, and you're like, God, I thought I was doing one thing, but God changed it for another. Do you remember Moses? Moses had no idea he was going to be leading those people out the way he did. But see, you got to understand something. Moses didn't grow up thinking he was going to be doing something like that. He would lead those beings of people out of Egypt, but you know what? God knew what he was doing, and God changed his whole experience to a life-changing encounter. And God will do the same thing for you if you allow him to. He'll do it for you. Now, one reason that I don't need to rely on my own understanding is that my understanding is limited. It's limited. We do not possess enough information to cover every aspect of every decision that we make. We don't, we don't possess enough. We don't know enough. We don't know the outcome. Cause you know what? I thought about this. If I would have known some of the things I know now, I wouldn't have bought some of the things I bought. Thank y'all for the two amens right there. I wouldn't have signed my name with some of the things I signed my name on. I wouldn't have talked to some of the people I would have talked to back if I would have known what I know then. But because we are limited in what we know, and God is all knowing. You know what's beautiful about God? God would take your, I hate to use the word, I'm going to use it anyway, mistakes and turn them around for your good. Woo-wee. Boy, God knows how to take your mess ups and turn it around for your good. And I appreciate him doing that. I'm glad we ain't got to be perfect in order to please God. Yeah, follow me. I'd be messed up a long time ago. But let me explain something to you real quickly. God's not limited, so we need his guidance. So therefore, one way he helps us is through our pastor or our shepherds. God would not give you everything, but he will give you enough to make the right decision and trust him with the rest. God doesn't give you everything, but he will give you enough to make the next step, but never the whole picture. Oh, God. That's why you, you need pastors that will give you knowledge and what? Go to Jeremiah 3.15. Let's look at that scripture real quickly. Jeremiah 3.15. Because if you understand that, you'll think pastors are not essential. You'll think pastors are not necessary for your spiritual growth and development. But notice what Jeremiah 3.15 15 says, and I will give you shepherds according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. And I will give you shepherds according, notice, my heart, God's heart. My heart is his mind, his understanding, and his thinking who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Understanding instructions to prosper and be productive. But he doesn't give you everything like that. He gives it to you in stages. That's why when he told Abraham, Abraham, I'm going to show you where we're going. I'm going to show you, but I ain't going to show you everything. I'm going to show you the way you're going. I'm not show, I'm going to tell you enough, but you'll go in this direction. And then as you go, as you go, I'm going to show you another step. I'm going to show you another steps. That's why he said, oh, Psalmist said, order my steps. I know we sing the song. Uh, my sister sings it, but order my steps in your word, dear Lord. Order my steps. You got to know the steps to take with God. And understand that God is not in a rush as fast as we are. I know I am. I'm in a hurry all the time. But the thing is, I've got to order, let him order my steps. 
so I need a pastor that feeds me knowledge and understanding. These are instructions for me to prosper and to be productive. That's why I ask you to continue to pray for me that I have the mind of Christ to process his will for our lives and have the understanding of God and desire that he has for all of us. And I can deliver knowledge and understanding as relates to God in a manner that brings prosperity and productive in all of our lives. Because that's what God holds me responsible for. And accountable do just the same. It's my prayer that these things are happening in your life. It's also my prayer that we learn through the tools such as these messages, our podcasts, our sermon notes, our YouTube videos, our Sunday school lessons, and any other vehicle that God used through this ministry in order for us to become productive in every area of our lives. And through this, God's going to work these things out for our good. Romans 8 and 28 says this, and all things work together for our good because we love God and we're called according to his purpose. As we follow his guidance and his leadership, as we learn how and well is put our trust in the Lord wholeheartedly, it's good for us because it's going to work out for our good. It's going to be beneficial to us. It's going to be useful for us. We're going to be happy and it's going to be pleasant. We're going to look for bigger and we're going to look for better. Everybody say bigger and better. And as we continue to follow the guide, we can expect bigger and we can expect better. All that's being said in regards to gaining personal understanding, let's go back to Proverbs 3 and 5. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5. It reads as follows, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Trust, rely on and place confidence in the Lord with all your heart and lean not and lean not on your own understanding. Don't rest or find security and support in your own understanding. We can't afford to find safety and security in our perspective, reasoning, and way of thinking to the point that I thinking that our thinking supersedes God's, God's way of thinking and doing. We've been through a lot in life. You, you, and see, when you come to God, even though you know some things, you got to act like you don't know nothing when it comes to God. You got to let him guide and lead you the way he wants you to go. And say, God, you know what? I thought I knew John 3.16, but show me something else about it. Yes, yeah, of most folks can quote John 3.16, but do you really know John 3.16? See, we can't take scriptures we know for, for granted and pretend like we, are, we know all the revelation it is about it. We got to continue to study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman need not be ashamed, rightly divided in the word of truth. We can't get so comfortable in how we think, talk, and that that we can unconsciously bypass the nudging of the Holy Spirit's influence and guidance and not even realize it. You get comfortable in your walk with God that you don't ever, you miss the, the guiding and the nudging of the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit can influence us to share an encouraging word with someone, but we refuse to do it because uh, we didn't know that person or we just didn't want to talk to that person. That's not the will of God. When God tells you to talk to somebody, you talk to them. That's it. He can nudge us to sow into someone's life, but we're so busy looking at what we don't, what we don't have rather than the seed that we can sow into this good ground. And you can't go by what you think is good ground. If God tells you to sow it, that automatically makes it good ground. Oh God, hear what I'm saying here. You can't go by what they look like on the outside when they don't need any money and I need this money right here. No, that's not how we do with God. God, we just follow his leading and his guidance. 
Because when he says do it, we need to do it. Whatever he tells you to do, what? Do it. Hallelujah. We need understanding, but we have to know that our understanding is limited in information, influence, and ability to rescue and or protect us out of certain situations or circumstances. Now, let me say this to you. We're limited, but our limitation can still work for our good. Mm, mm, mm. Go to Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3. I want to show you something in Daniel chapter 3. We're limited, but our limitation can still work for our good. If we try, if we don't lean on our own understanding and all our ways acknowledge him and he shall direct our path. So we're going to start out in Daniel chapter 3. We're going to start at verse 12. Now, there are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the providence of Babylonia, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. I want you to notice that these three men, they said uh, they knew, other people knew, that they did not serve, they did not reverence or minister to the gods or worship or bow down to the gold image which King Nebuchadnezzar had did. And they had, now, because why? They had a good understanding of the one true God. They had a good understanding of the one true God. And see, that's important that we don't bow down to other gods. We don't bow down to other gods. But the king heard about these three men. King Nebuchadnezzar did. And in verse 13, Nebuchadnezzar, enraged and fearing, this man was hot. He was upset with these men because they wouldn't worship these other gods. He said, bring me Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought the men before the king. Let's say, for example, I would get three men normally, but I'm not going to do that today. Pretend there are three men standing in front of me. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The king is mad, boy. He upset. And so he's upset with them. And so, is it true, Shadrach, verse 14, is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set or established or placed up before you? Notice this. The king gave a command. He spoke. He gave an order to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego before him. He asked them. He was hot. He was mad. He was uh, he was enraged. He said, listen, I heard you don't worship my God. I heard you don't worship the image that I bring before you. And, and, and I heard you don't do that. And, 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 and then, then it goes on to say in verse 15, especially the latter part, but if you do not worship, you should be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. My God. Isn't that something? Because you don't worship his God, they're they going to kill you. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my God, so worship the gold image which I have set up before you? Verse 15. Now, if you are ready at the time you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, lyre, and psaltery, and sympathy with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made good. But if you do not worship, you should be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Notice what's getting ready to happen now. What's going Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are standing before the king. Let's say I'm the king. King mad. He is upset. 
giving them a test. He's giving them a test. Uh, Savior, I need you over there, brother. I need you to know the drums. Hurry, man. I need you. I need somebody playing the keys. I need somebody playing the guitar. Hurry, 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 hurry. Get, get ready now. Because I got Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When they get ready to hit this, when you get ready to play, they got to worship these golden images I got up here. So y'all ready? And so he told them, he said, if you don't, when I hit, when they hit this music, I want you to worship him. I want you to watch as soon as they get ready to play. I want you to, I want you to worship them. You know what? So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego looked at the king. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing a little bit. Musicians, you ain't got to play nothing. Cause you guess what? I ain't worshiping this God. I ain't worshiping your eyes. Because this is what you got to understand about this. Notice the instruments. The instruments is it, just an instrument. Who you play into is totally different. And you got to know who you worshiping. The same God. See, the, what, what the musicians taught me one day, and, and I, I, I read it in this text here, is that you can have the musicians playing, but they can be playing to other gods. Or they can be playing to the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew that these musicians were not going to be worshiping God. Not the God that they serve. They're going to be worshiping idols. One thing I learned many years ago, and I, and I learned this from the musicians. See, even when musicians are playing, they could be playing to God for one moment, and we'd be here clapping our hands and say, oh, glory to God. And all of a sudden they go into this, to this, this area where they start playing something they heard at the disco. Something they played, heard at the jazz band. Now, we don't know it, but these should know it. They should know, hey, this ain't right over here. They play into another God, not to the God that we are worshiping. And see, all of us, because we novice at this, we may not recognize the fact that they're playing to another God, but because of their experience, they're like, hold on, they need to pull a brother or sister aside. Hey, you can't be playing that up in him. Because we don't worship what y'all see on social media, what y'all on YouTube, uh, uh, Spotify, whoever you get your music from. You got to know who Jesus is. And see, you can be the, the same instruments that play to God can also be instruments that play to an idol. And so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew that. And so they, then when they looked at him and said, you ain't got to play nothing. Because we are not going to worship your God, Nebuchadnezzar. You're not going to, we're not going to worship him. And so in, in, now in verse 15, he says this, we choose not to worship him. So you know what? They got immediately cast into a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God will deliver you? So Shat, verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver you, deliver us from your hand. Now I want you to think about this for a moment. In your own understanding, fire burns. Y'all missed that. You got to get that. In our own understanding, fire 
burns. Based on your experience, based on what you've seen fire do, based on what you and it witnessed by fire, fire will burn somebody up. In fact, when they were taking the king over, when they were taking over to the fire, it burnt up the guards that were taking Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the fire. It burned them up. So we know fire burns. But you can't go by your own understanding of what fire does because what works for the world don't work for you, child of God. That's why he said, no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. It worked on the world, but it won't work on you. Some some of you ain't quite getting it yet. What works on the world doesn't work on you. Because you are a child of the king. You are trusting the Lord wholeheartedly. See, finally, when people go through financial strain in the world, you're like, what are we going to do? But see, financial strain don't work on you. Why? Because God supplies your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. See, when they tell you about a certain sickness, you are like, well, that works for the world, but I'm a child of God. Sickness don't work on me like that. Because he is Jehovah Raha, the Lord by God, that healeth thee. It don't work the same like it did and so you can't go by your own understanding when it comes to, listen, everything that they knew about fire, it would have burned them up, right? But see, but you got to know something else. There is a somebody greater than fire. Greater than your circumstance. Greater than your trial. Greater than your pain in your body. Greater than your finances going through. Greater than what you your uh, relationship problems. There's somebody that's greater. His name is Jesus. Now we'll paraphrase a little bit. And I, I, I'm getting excited because I'm trying to continue to teach this. But when you look in the fire, there was four people in the fire. And so you got to understand something. That's not an ordinary fire. Because see, in your mind, only three went in the fire. But in the eyes, mind of God, I'm in the fire with you. Now, 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 now let's go back a second. Why wouldn't God just save him from the fire? Why wouldn't God just say, you know what? I don't want them to go through this trial right here. I don't want them to go through this right. I don't want to go through the financial challenge right here. I don't want them to go through this. But sometimes you need to know who you really are in God. See, the fire wasn't for uh, God Almighty. Well, the fire was not for the world. The fire was to let people know. There's a God greater than what you're going through. There's a God that's greater than the world. And you can't lean to your own understanding when you're dealing with a fire. Because stuff in the world don't work on you like it do. And quit acting like it do. We got too many people in the church world that act like what's going on in the world affects them. And what work in the world don't work in the kingdom of God. You know you got divine protection. You ain't walking around here like some normal person. You got divine protection. You ain't got protection like other folks. You, the, the three Hebrew boys, the guards that took them and threw them in the fire, got consumed. They got eat out. I mean, they got literally, they died throwing some prisoners in the fire. 
And the same prison they threw in the fire started walking around in the fire. They went in there bound. They went in there bound with unbelief. They went in there bound with doubt. They went in there bound, Lord, with, 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 with sickness and disease. But they came out loose. And sometimes you got to go through the fire in order to get loose. Loose from your opinion. Loose from your unbelief. Loose from your lies. Loose from what your relation, own relationship. Loose. So in turn, you can be free. Because they went in bound, but they came out loose. They came out loose. And see, some of us, we, we want to stop the fire from going, but only we don't get loose until we get into the fire. Thank y'all for five amens. I know we don't like it. I don't like it neither, but for the reality of it, that's why God lets us go through the, some of us go through the fire. Because he, if you don't learn how to overcome anxiety and fear and unbelief and intimidation until you get in the fire. And you can trust nobody but God until you get into the fire. Because your enemy put you in the fire. It ain't nobody that was somebody that's regular. It's your enemy that puts you in the fire. It's the enemy to your household. It's the enemy to your children. It's the enemy to your finances. It's the enemy to your relationship. It's the enemy. Even in your own home, it could be your enemy. But God says, I'm going to loose you from it. But in order to loose you from it, i got to let you get in the fire. Pastor, I don't like the fire. Can I be honest with you? I don't either. I don't know who deep enough in love light fire, but me personally, I don't really care for it. Are y'all following? Because in my natural mind, fire burn. Look how y'all looking at me now. Yeah, you, know, you see, some of y'all maybe have never experienced fire hitting your hand one good time. And you fail. You don't have to say loose and let it go. The, the shock in your <laughs> you were just surprised you didn't cuss nobody out or hit somebody because you moving the hand real quickly. And if anybody was in the way of your hand, they were going to hit, and you weren't even thinking about whoo, just that fast. I mean, but you never experienced it. You know, look, I pray you never have put your hand on some hot on the stove. And if, and and you didn't think it was that hot, but whoo, you touched it and you felt the fire. But see, in our natural mind, fire burn. Based on my experiences, fire burn. Based on my trials, I should come out of this like that. Based on what I've been through, I should come out uh, like true, like pure gold. Based on what I've seen, people should listen. Based on the doctor's report, you should you shouldn't be here. Based on your family history, you shouldn't be doing this, that, and the other. Man, look at you. You're thinking better, you're talking better, and you're acting better. They said you would never stay in a relationship based on your experience, and you didn't believe it neither. But why? Because your experiences, what you knew, your understanding. But look at God. Look at God. God is doing something great in your life. God is doing something special in your life. God is doing exceedingly abundantly above anything we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. See, therefore, we know God is a deliverer. He is our protection. He is our prosperity. But see, you can't go by what you think about what the world is doing to you. You can't go by your own understanding when it comes to the fire. You can't go to by your own understanding what they tell you at your business, your job, or whatever it is. You can't go by what the world. See, you can't go by your experiences. Because the experiences would have had you burned up along with the other guards that threw you in the fire.
but you are greater than your experience. My God, you are greater than what you're going through. You are greater than the things that you're experiencing in your life. I know it's not always easy, but this is what you need to know. He is still Lord of Lords. He is still King of Kings. And I like what they said. I, King looked around. I see another man in the fire. And sometimes, you know, why wouldn't the man there before the fire got there? I can spend time with this. Lord, let me get out of this. But, but I want you to know something. That what was about to go bad worked out for their good. What being thrown into the fire was going to work out for a negative situation. What you're going through right now, people say, you know what? You'll never come out. You'll always be like this. You'll always be broke. You'll always be sick. But they don't know why God do that. Because in the midst of the fire, Romans 8 28 is working for us, for our good. Why is it working? Just like the Hebrew boys, they trusted the Lord wholeheartedly. They trusted. And you know what? I don't know if they lean to their own understanding. Because they say, hey, you know, even if you throw us in there, King, we're still going to be free. I imagine they had an idea. Hey, if I lose my life, hey, so be it. I'm good. I, I'm all right with God. But that, that's not God's plan for them. God had a bigger plan for them. He had a plan. And this is what you need to understand. God has a bigger plan for you. He has a bigger plan for you. You are looking at what you're going through, but you know what? God says it's going to work out for your good. Because why? You trust the Lord wholeheartedly. And just like it worked out for the three Hebrew boys. And they can go by the, the, their experience. Because their experience, the fire would have burned them up. But based on what God was doing in their life, in the midst of it. In fact, let's go, let's read our scripture. Let's go to Romans 8, 28. We're going to close with this scripture. We're going to close with this. I want to show it to you. I want to just read it. I want to close with it. I want to see it and know it. Notice what it says. And we know. Notice this. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they knew. They didn't know how. And this is what you need to understand about God. You may not always know how, but this is what you can always account on when you trust the Lord wholeheartedly. That all things work together for good to those who love God. Because remember, they love God. They weren't going to serve no other God. And to those who are called according to his purpose. Trust in the Lord wholeheartedly is working for our good. Trust in the Lord wholeheartedly is working for our good. Stand even. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center 
and visit us online at OCCVR.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.